Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Andrea Snyder, the founder of Urban Cookhouse and Farm Bowl and Juice Company. Andrea, it's an honor to have you here today. Yes, thank you for having me. I know you're a big fan of our concepts, and I um, think you also know that I'm a little nervous that I've listened to a few of your other podcasts, and just you have a lot of people on that have a lot of wisdom, so I hope I have just a little smidge of something to share. Uh, I absolutely believe that you will, and I'm looking forward to hearing what that sounds like. I love Urban Cookhouse. It is amazing and you know, I really enjoyed Urban Cookouts prior to COVID, but but after COVID, it's just been such a breath of fresh air. Every time I go there, there's amazing service, great food, reasonable prices. And, you know, not only do I have a great experience every time, but they actually have my order memorized. So uh, <laughs> like there are multiple people that work there that serve so well that they just know what I yeah. like. And so that's awesome. And it it's so hard to find these days. So I just, I really appreciate that. And I know that it starts with you and your husband, David's leadership. That's why I wanted to, to sit down with you just to hear more about how you guys got started you know, what that looks like, but, but I know that there is amazing servant leadership in the two of you because it's reflected in your product. Well, first of all, it's not hard to memorize your order because you're there literally every day. <laughs> the few times that I do work in the front of the house, I've seen you. So we, when we graduated from college, I did a few different jobs and just felt like I wasn't in my college. I felt like really I wasn't using my talents, my full potential. It was just a job and really didn't know what to do. So I tried that several things. I was a personal trainer for a little while because I'd like to exercise. I thought that would um, translate into the perfect job for me. But uh, what I've learned in any business that you're in, and this is what we'll probably talk about mostly today, is it's all about people. Um, we just don't believe, uh, we believe it doesn't matter what you're selling. We're selling a grilled chicken special at Urban Cookhouse or tires. And it's all about the people. And so it took me a while to figure that out. But my husband got all the restaurant experience at Zoe's Kitchen, which started in Birmingham. They grew very fast and um, they gave him a lot of freedom to travel all over the Southeast, build these stores. Um, he learned how to do the construction piece to hiring people, getting the store. I mean, opening your own business. And so did a few of those and um, they sold to a private equity firm. And there was a lot of teaching and learning in that year being under private equity. Just come to a point where we, we can do this on our own. We almost moved to Louisville, Kentucky to be franchisees of Zoe's Kitchen. Um, and in that process, just, you know, we're gonna have to move and um, give up a piece of the pie, so to speak. And we really just had confidence in our abilities. Now, my abilities were not much. I worked at Zoe's in college. Prior to Urban Cookhouse, we I was their catering manager for a year, so I learned the sales aspect. And then um, I am really a creative, and so I love creating things, whether it's designing of the restaurant, the brand. Um, so I had a lot of confidence in that. So our, our strengths complement each other, strengths and weaknesses. So we went to open our first Urban Cookhouse. That was in 2010. 
we left Zoe's in 2009 and we honored our one year non-compete contract that we had. And it took us that year to do all the planning. We did a lot of market research. We served a lot of food, a lot of survey monkey questionnaires, took the feedback with a humble heart and launched Urban Cookhouse in June of 2010. And so now we have four locations and this new concept, it's not very, well, it's almost four years old now, Farm Bowl and Juice Company. Yeah. So that's, that's the short version of our story. That's awesome. So did y'all start with the, the Homewood location? Yes. We were in okay. Homewood. Okay. I knew we wanted to be in Homewood. Um, just looking at real estate. And as you know, that's probably our hottest real estate market to date. And it was just getting started in 2010. And we had no money. Uh, people always ask us if we were scared. We really didn't have much fear in the process because no kids. We both had college degrees, proven we could be successful working for someone else. And so it just seemed like a, what do we have to lose scenario? I mean, worst case scenario, we're sleeping on the couch at our parents' house for a few months. I mean, it just didn't seem like a big deal at the time. And so we found this little 1800 square foot space in downtown Homewood. And we bar the bank gave us $60,000, which I think the restaurant costs about 400,000 to open. So that wasn't going to make it. So um, we just scrounged family and friends and scrounged the money together and opened it up by the skin of our teeth. And then that first year was really hard uh, financially. But then after, you know, the first month or two, we knew it was going to be a success. Well, I think that, you know, when you've got a dream, when you've got a, a vision, when you've got something that you want to accomplish and and you know, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't work out and, you know, we fail, but we learn so we continue to grow. I think that that's, you know, one of the biggest reasons why people don't pursue certain dreams or or try to go for it. It's it's because, well, what if it doesn't work out? If it doesn't, so what? You move on. You you go to the next thing. But I also think that when there is that passion, when there is that desire, and and you serve people well, that you're probably going to be more successful than not. If you're doing things the right way, if you planned in advance and then you continue to execute those plans, some things are not going to go according to that plan. But I do think that, you know, the model that you guys built, because I used to go to the Homewood location a lot and, you know, it was great food, great service and you know, reasonable prices. And you had an awesome patio. So, you know, it, it was a combination of we're in a gro- great location, but we're also going to continue to provide reliable, good food that, that was fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just I think that the. The recipe was there and you'd already seen that from Zoe's, but but I just love that that y'all took a risk, you went for it, you didn't have everything that you needed, but you started with what you had in your hand. And now how many locations do you have? We have four and then with the farm bowl, five and a okay. food truck. So six entities of restaurants. <laughs> so, so so starting with, you know, just a, a small little concept and now all of those different locations but you've repeated the same thing over and over. And so people know what to expect, whether they're going to Homewood or the one that I go to all the time at Summit, you're you're going to get the friendly people, great food, reasonable prices. And, you know, they may not know your order at all the places, but but the one place they do if you go all the time. So 2010 to now, what's the biggest difference that 
that you're seeing and and how has COVID affected? Because you guys really from a, like a lot of places are not the way that, that you guys are like, they, they don't recognize great service. They, they don't make it a very comfortable environment. And not only right after the restriction, you know, the, the restaurants open back up, dine in eating, but also it was never an uncomfortable environment. You know, so you, you had the right environment from day one that those restrictions were lifted to now, you know, how are you able to do that? And why do you think so many other places are not uh, able to, to do the same thing? Um, just really keeping the focus on the people and taking care of our people. So the first thing we did was number one, just say, oh crap, what's going to happen to the world? What do we need to do? And um, our church reached out to us because they immediately thought of us. What do we need to do? And so we got a fund together because we were going to have to lay off people. We shut our doors. It's all a blur now. I think maybe we shut them for <laughs> two months um, and just did to go. And so we were able to take care of our employees in the interim while some of them lost hours or were laid off altogether because we closed a location for a whole year. Our downtown store was closed for a year. And so we just you know, sent out videos and just really wanted everybody to know that we're all in the same boat and we want to take care of you. And so I think they felt that and wanted to, you know, take care of us and take care of the company and their job. And then just having a good plan um, and just not getting uh, bogged down in the excuse of COVID. And I'm telling you, it is, it is really hard right now. <laughs> Everything you see about staffing and the supply chain and food costs, like, yes, it's a real issue. But we are just doing our best not to make an excuse and not to let our standards slip. So, yeah, I would say how it's affected us. Then it was just really felt like a scramble, but we focus on taking care of employees and what they need. Then where we are today, like when you mentioned that we're a value, we have gone up on our costs, just like everybody else has. But we haven't passed that entire cost along to our customer. So we're willing to take a little bit of a hit right now, hopefully until things get evened out. If not, maybe, you know, our profit margins are a little bit skimmer than they used to be because um, we do think that's important that we are a value um, to our customers. And so, yeah, I think that the, just really trying to focus on the people and, and making sure not making excuses, but it is really hard right now yeah. not to make that excuse um, and have the same level of service we've always had. Well, I think that, that that aspect is hard for for everybody across the board. I mean, there's no doubt that that there are plenty of people that are making excuses and they are not doing what they can actually do to make things better. But but I do recognize that it is a challenging season for everybody. But you're also modeling that consistency and that servant leadership by, you know, your work in the register. I mean, you're you're polling your customers to see what they like, you, know, you physically, you know, as an owner, you know, a lot of owners are not doing that. They may say, well, let's get this person or let's get that person, but they're not willing to get in and do the work themselves once they've reached a certain level. I mean, you got, you say six locations, you know, six five, different, yeah. five, five different mm -hmm. entities. So most people, once you've quote unquote arrived, mm -hmm. like I'm beyond that. Yeah. I did that in 2010, but I'm not doing that again now. Yeah. Because I've come too far and pride gets in the way and they'd rather, you know, see everything crumble versus get their hands dirty again. And I think that that is, you know, just 
like for me last year, when COVID first started, you know, I, I had a, an amazing assistant, but, but she went home for two weeks to slow the spread and she never came back. And from that standpoint, it was me and it was God and it was a lot of prayer and it was reaching out to clients over and over. Hey, I have no idea what's going to happen. We're either going to make it through this or Jesus is coming back soon. One way or the other, we're going to be okay. Over and over, just serving people and having those conversations with them. And I just use what I had in my hand and, and I just continued to let them know I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here for you. If you need me, you want to come in, come in. If you want to talk via phone, talk via phone. If you want Zoom, we'll do that. Whatever. I want to serve you the way that you want to be served. And, you know, thanks be to God. Last year, incredible growth. This year, even more exponential growth. But it, it is about the people. It's about serving people the way that they want to be served and recognizing that we can't control any of the outside chaos. Then there's clearly a lot of chaos. We can't do anything about whether we get our supplies. We can't do anything about whether you know the economy is not good. We can't do anything about all these increasing prices, but we can create a great environment for people to come in and know that we appreciate them. And that's what's conveyed every time I'm there, whether it's Kara opening the door with a big <laughs> smile and, hey, Matt, how are you today? Yeah, like it's always reflective in everything that y'all do. And so- you know, I'm just telling y'all, if y'all have never been to this place, it is amazing <laughs> and you're going to have a good experience every time. And you'll see why I go there as much as possible. So I, I think that, that it, it really is, um, you know, as leaders, we've got to continue to not just lead by, you know, good ideas and, uh, you know, come up with strategy and things like that, but we've got to lead by example and the words that come out of our mouths have to match the actions that, you know, the people that are on our team are seeing. And, you know, it's, I think it's so rare. And so I, I appreciate, you know, the example that you said, I've never met David, but I know that the two of y'all working together have to model that consistently because it wouldn't be the way that it is if that were not the case. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. The challenge is that we are all facing, how are you guys navigating those right now? You know, what are y'all doing to, to try to uh, continue to, to move things forward with the, the positive attitude that y'all continue to have? Just trying to give the manager support in any way we can, whether it's us being there working at the register or going to Restaurant Depot and finding the to-go box for the day because to-go boxes are out, like just support all the time, letting them know that we're not going to slip back on our expectations, but we also are realistic. So um, 
one way we get buy-in from our managers is they have uh, their compensation is tied to the financial metrics of the business and a few other things that aren't financial. And, um, you know, they get scared and they're like, there's no way I'm going to, um, cause we actually penalize them when their labor is too low. I think some owners would be like, great. <laughs> we just saved a lot of money, but we know that our customers aren't getting taken care of. There's not enough people there. And so, you know, they, they worry, but we just giving them a little bit of grace. I'm, I guess what I'm saying in their metrics, um, offering them support, helping them with hiring. I mean, we know that, we have a bigger network than most of our employees. I think one of your friends, Matt, that has worked with the Salvation Army, he reached out to me about a program. So now I've gotten this wonderful employee from the Salvation Army. Her name's Andrea. John Wright. Can't remember his name. Somebody that you connected with me, he's been texting me and he sent me an employee. We hired her yesterday. Now That's I'm going awesome. to the Salvation Army next week for their workforce um, development meeting. They want to know like what our needs are and how they what we're looking for. Support, I mean, reward and recognition. We're always um, having parties and doing stuff for our managers. Appreciation, appreciation all the time. So, yeah, I, I, we're really focusing on the managers because they they are key. And we've been able to, besides the ones we've had to lay off, we've kept all of our managers through COVID. So I don't know what's that about. I would have left it for them, but they're still here. So Well, I think that... Um... You know, it is cool how God connects different people and resources and things. And so, you, I mean, you mentioned that with your church rallying around you. And then uh, I think it's John who reached out to you. So he came down and he, I speak down at the Salvation Army every two weeks about living a life of purpose. And so he came down there, he met Miss Jahan. I don't know if that's who you're meeting with down there, but uh, so it's cool how he thought about Salvation Army and connecting y'all. I should have thought of that. <laughs> down there all the time. But but it is interesting how, you know, God reveals one thing to one person and another to another. But yeah, I think the Salvation Army is definitely a great resource because they are trying to get people back on their feet. And y'all are looking for good employees. They're looking for, you know, just some sort of opportunity. So I, I'm excited to see what happens with that. Yeah. And I, I do think that, you know, too often people, they don't recognize that, you know, God is not just the creator of the universe, but he's also a great connector. And so he's constantly like putting pieces of the puzzle together and people are just like, oh, I had a great idea. It's like, no, maybe God gave you that idea. Maybe you need to give yeah. him the glory and maybe you need to recognize like he's done a lot of amazing things in your life. And the more you, you know, acknowledge him, the more, you know, he's going to do more amazing things in your life. So I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And that's, that's how we remain humble. Cause I just know every day that these are just doors that God had for me to walk through. I still don't think I have the, quite the abilities that I need to run five restaurants, but just reminding myself every, every day that he put me in this position and just how grateful I am for our employees. I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe other restaurants or other business owners, you know, they're boastful and I did this and I'm just like, y'all did this. My employees do this every day. Like, so that, I think that contributes to our success too. Well, I definitely think that, you know, number one, the word says that, that the Lord exalts the humbled and, you know, then he humbles the exalted. So, you know, the humility that you have in, in even accepting to, to come do this interview, and then also, you know, just how you lead, I mean, like the Lord sees that he knows that he loves that. And, and with that, 
he raises things up. And the more you continue down, Hey, I'm not capable of doing this, but he is. Mm -hmm. So the more we rely on him, you know, we are strong because of him. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, when we are weak, he is strong, you know, relying on him as a source of strength is extremely important. And, um, so I do think it's exciting from that standpoint, the more we recognize that and, and most people, they do want to beat their chest and they want to say, Oh, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that, you know, that is a great posture to have. So from that standpoint, you know, as we're navigating through this season, you know, are there more concepts or are there more locations? I mean, what? No, what I mean, I really think we're at a point where we have all that we can handle. We have one more little thing in the in our back pocket, possibly another location, but we have girls in the uh, third and fifth grade and um, other things that we want to do. And so, I, yeah, I think as far as growth goes, and that's also a challenge because keep people motivated and upward mobility and how do we give them more opportunities and develop people so that they don't feel stuck. Um, that's definitely something that we're going to be going through here soon. But yeah, I, I'm, like I said at the beginning, I'm a creative. I would love to long-term do something more in that route. But yeah, we're going to take care of these stores and put try to have as much effort and passion as we did on day one as we do in year 11, which I joke and say in restaurant years, it's like 30. <laughs> but um, yeah, we don't, we don't have any, any plans to really, you know, blow it up and grow it. I think we're comfortable where we're at. That's good. So, you know, one thing that we haven't really touched on is, is a lot of your food, especially the, the produce and things of that nature, it's, it's locally sourced. What gave you the idea to you know, go that route? And, and how did you get connected with, with those local farmers and growers, things of that nature? So when we were um, developing the concept, you know, just paying attention to trends and local was huge. And there really wasn't anyone doing it in fast casual, which is what our segment is called. And um, when we took that, when we left Zoe's and had that year where we were planning and honoring our non-compete, David went and worked at Hot and Hot Fish Club as prep cook, making nine bucks an hour, like lowest man on the totem pole so that he could learn. He had no culinary training. He came with a whole menu because his mama taught him how to cook, but that was it. So he wanted to get that experience. He met some of the first farmers there because he was checking in all the produce in the back door. So we met a few farmers that way. And then we started. Uh, originally we were going to sell like a farm stand in front of urban cookhouse with all this produce. So our farm, give the farmers another opportunity, not just to sell to our kitchen, but to sell retail. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> I was trying to run a grocery store and a restaurant. So what are we? We're a restaurant. We're going to focus on our core business, but we didn't want to um, take that revenue away from the farmers. So that segued into farmers markets. We did that for three or four seasons in Homewood at the summit. Then that turned we didn't learn our lesson the first time. Okay, now we're event managers. No, we run a restaurant. <laughs> Restaurants are core business. So how can we help these farmers now? Well, at that point, we had four locations. So now we can buy in bigger bulk and bigger volume. So um, we set up a grower's agreement at the beginning of the year with each farmer, letting them know how much we're going to buy, which is extremely helpful for them. Because if not, a farmer just goes, plants their field, hopes they're going to sell it. Um, it's like the, what they would do at a farmer's market. Okay. I guess I'm going to sell 20 gallons of strawberries. I'm not sure. But they know from urban cookhouse what they can depend on. Um, and then we 
like this past summer, we took all of our staff on field trips to every farm. We had a farm week. So we try to get our employees to buy in that way. Once they connect to the farmers and they see what goes into that tomato on the vault, it changes the game for their, their buy-in at, at work. But we, um, it's just whatever seasonally available at the time. So we're going into a period where I think we still have tomatoes. Our strawberries and our lemonade are local all year round because we buy thousands of gallons of strawberries during the season and make them into puree and freeze it to go into the lemonade. And then we get farm eggs all year. So there's a few things that, like, what can we buy from these farmers, not just for a short period of the year? So we try to stretch it out and buy as much as we can. But that's been, yeah, been a great blessing getting to meet farmers. They are funny. Some of them are funny, (laughs) fun. Um, It's just a different way of life. And um, I think that they appreciate us because of the volume that we're able to buy, like in high-end restaurants. I don't know how many plates they sell a night of something that may just have a few slices of tomato. And so as far as revenue and um, contributing to their household, um, we're making a big impact. Absolutely. And um, both of my grandfathers you know, had some aspect of farming and you know, been around farmers my whole life. And so I know that it is extremely important. You know, People think that you just snap your fingers and, and all of a sudden food appears. Uh, and a lot of younger people especially think that you know farming is is so antiquated and and not necessary uh, but the reality is without farmers you know we wouldn't have any of the food that we have uh, yet you can you know certainly concoct certain things in the laboratories and uh, that gives us some of the awful processed food that we have but really good healthy food came from God's earth and a farmer grew it and you know, reap that harvest. So I think that that is, is extremely important, but it's also, I think it's awesome that you took the employees out there so they could see what all goes into that finished product that they are then using to, to put into, you know, the meals that y'all are making, because, you know, the more people have that realization, oh, there was a process in all of this taking place, because especially in America, I mean, we are so spoiled where we think that we can just, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm going to go to my phone. I'm going to press a button and the food's <laughs> going to magically appear. And, you know, nobody had to work to produce that. And, you know, that mindset is just, it's so sad that people, the majority of people, they, they have no concept of how much energy and effort and money it took to produce that meal. And then, well, I didn't get the right order. So I'm just going to automatically, you know, send it back and, you know, ask for something. Well, that's going in the trash. There are people that are starving that could have eaten that food. I mean, there's so many things that go into just like a single meal. And I, I, I think there would be a, such a greater appreciation if people worked in a restaurant or delivered food or I've delivered food to restaurants. I know what it's like in the back of the kitchen or what it's like, you know, hauling that stuff in. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. And so I wish that there was a greater appreciation. So I'm thankful that, you know, y'all do highlight the farmers, y'all do support them and their families so that they can continue to to do the things that they do well. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a big part of what we do. And we didn't know it was going to turn into relationships, but um, it has, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's good stuff. So you guys, you've got a website and how can people learn about, uh, more uh, about Urban Cookhouse and Farm Bowl and Juice Company? Yeah. Um, yeah. Web, the website I would go to is UC 
um, hyphen birmingham.com. That's the urban cookhouse website. And then farm bowl and juice company.com, which we didn't talk a lot about that. It's really good. Vegan acai bowls, oatmeal, smoothies and juices. Um, and that's in Homewood right next to the urban cookhouse. Um, and then of course we have, um, our social media accounts. Most we're most active on Instagram and just come visit us in the summit. It's Matt's favorite location. So right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I need to go check out farm bowl because it sounds awesome and I, I love that stuff, but you also do catering. So, yes. You know, how, how big of a catering audience, uh, how small, how big? I would say the minimum is 10. And then the absolute top would probably be about 3000. And we need a lot of, <laughs> we've done a few like Church of the Highlands conferences and stuff like that, which are really hard to pull off. I think we figured out that um, 3000 is probably as many as we can do. Uh, that, that's a big group. <laughs> it is, and that's still hard to pull off. Yeah, if you're interested in catering, you, you can order online or you can call the store and talk to one of our managers, which I would recommend because there's a lot of details that go into it. Excellent. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being here today. And we just appreciate your time. And I appreciate what you guys do. I will be at Urban Cookhouse very soon and thank enjoying you. the very good salad, which is amazing uh, with the grilled chicken. But um, I know that it's been a great interview. I've enjoyed the, the things that we've discussed. If you've enjoyed this interview today, please like and share this interview with your friends. They need encouragement. They're wondering what it's like to, to start a business, be in a business, deal with people. I think we covered a lot of cool things today. And then also, if you follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, or Instagram, Living Life on Purpose, always. Uh, we've got episodes every two weeks, so they're always full of encouragement, a lot of wisdom to glean. So thank you for joining us. We'll catch you again next time.